Gospel, chapter 11, and we're beginning at verse 1, and in the NIV, the heading is Jesus teaching on prayer, Jesus teaching on prayer. Luke 11, verse 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We thank God for his word. Amen. Well, in 2018... Um, we've been thinking about the fact that God is doing a new thing which has been based on our text for the year which I'm sure you've all uh, learnt off by heart by now and you carry it around with you uh, not just on a piece of paper but in your minds and in your lives and you, you're constantly thinking about that text and uh, all through uh, January we were thinking about the new thing that God was doing we thought about uh, the new uh, Creation, the new covenant, and the new commandment. And uh, in February, the month of February, the new thing uh, that we have is the prayer course, which is a six-week small study group that we're encouraging uh, people to get involved in. And uh, it's really six weeks uh, teaching us how to pray. And uh, I would encourage you, if you're not already in a small group, we only started last week, so we're only just beginning, so it's not too late to join in one of these groups. Uh, speak to myself or Marilyn or one of the deacons if you would like to be part of a group, because uh, this is a really good course, just simply teaching us how to pray. And so that's what we're thinking about. And this course is all based on the Lord's Prayer. 
which Peter has wonderfully uh, introduced to us. I never thought I'd, I'd, I'd see the, the Lord's Prayer introduced to us by a paper dog. How's about that? That, that, that will stay with us, won't it? And, uh, and we'll remember that, if nothing else, won't we? That was great. Okay, so it's all about the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Martin Luther says, To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Uh, so prayer is like our breath, it's like our air, the air that we breathe is our prayer life. And uh, the Lord's Prayer, we want to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. We want to learn from Jesus. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing um, that just as the disciples learned from Jesus, that we too can still, 2,000 years later, still learn from Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Are you amazed by that? Maybe not, but maybe you will be as, as we go on. Okay. And so, we're thinking about teachers to pray. And the first thing I want to think about is, is Jesus' routine. Do you like a routine? Yeah? Do you like a routine? Have you got routine in your life? I've noticed with older people, uh, the routines uh, get a little bit more kind of uh, strict and, and, and rigid and uh, unmovable. And sometimes uh, younger people, although as has been pointed out, I'm not that young. I'm, I'm, I'm probably, you know, middle aged, getting on to older. Uh, but sometimes I, you know, I, I, I laugh at people with their routines, which is a bit mean, really, and a bit cruel. Uh, but there are good things about routine, and I think we can find some good things in Jesus' routine. And Jesus' routine is about the place of prayer. This is about the place of prayer. One day, Jesus was praying. In a certain place. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. This was Jesus' routine. This was Jesus' way of life. Jesus spent an awful lot of time praying. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. In Mark's Gospel we read that before daybreak the next morning Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. And again in Luke, but Jesus often withdrew to whole lonely places and prayed. We need to find a place to pray. Have you got a place to pray? Have you got a a place that you uh, identify as a as a place of prayer? Obviously, the 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 church is a is is a place that we identify with prayer. uh, But if we only pray at church, uh, for some of you that'll only be once a week. And the reality is. Um, some people only do pray when they come to church or they're helped and led in prayers and they and they join in um, but we need to find a, a place and sometimes it can be helpful just to find a place to pray uh, for some people that might be um, you know uh, the bedroom Jesus said in, in Matthew 6 uh, version of the Lord's Prayer just before it says when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. I like the way that the uh, the message version puts it. It says, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. So finding a place to, to play, to pray, can be helpful. For some people it might be inside, for some people it might be outside. Sometimes just having a place where you go to uh, can be part of a routine. It seems that Jesus did this uh, all the time. 
Jesus' routine, the, the place of prayer. But I'm not just thinking about the, the place of prayer. I'm thinking about the place of prayer in Jesus' life. It, it took an important place. It was part of his daily routine. His life evolved around finding space to pray. If Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to? It's interesting, isn't it, that Jesus felt a need to pray, even though he was God. He still felt that need to pray, and to pray often, and to pray all the time. Don't just stand there, pray something, says the man in his boat, that's sinking and is surrounded by sharks. If the only prayer you, if, if you only pray when you're in trouble, then you're in trouble. If you only pray when you're in trouble, then you're in trouble. You might not be surrounded by sharks, uh, but you're in trouble. Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. Jesus refers to prayer 42 times in the teaching of the, uh, the New Testament. And the Gospels record him personally praying 28 times. Check it out. Growing up is about moving from a time of prayer to a life of prayer. Jesus' life had a routine to it. It had a, a rhythm to it uh, that involved constantly finding time and space and a place to prayer. And the challenge is, does our routine look anything like Jesus' routine? Or do we kind of, uh, you know, we live in this kind of fast food area, you know what I mean, sort of world, don't we, where we just grab stuff. Uh, you know, you're driving along and you see a McDonald's and you drive through and you grab a meal. And sometimes prayer's a bit like that. We just grab prayer, don't we, here, there, and everywhere. And there's a sense in which that's okay. But if there's no routine uh, to it, we will just pray when the when something goes wrong or when we suddenly have an urge to pray. But if we get into a routine, it will become part of our life. And it seems to me that, that Jesus' routine... Uh, held the place of prayer as a really important thing in his life. And we see that in, in the Gospels. Okay, so that's the first thing, Jesus' routine. And then it's about the disciples' request. The disciples' request. And this is about the perfecting of prayer. This is about the perfecting of prayer. You see, the, G- the disciples had obviously observed Jesus' routine. They'd noticed uh, because that's what disciples do. They watched the master and they observed him and they'd noticed that he often went away and prayed to his father. And their request was when he had finished one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the disciples uh, will have followed Jesus, they will have been watching Jesus, they'll have seen him do some amazing things. I mean, it's, you know, we wouldn't have been surprised maybe if the disciples said, Lord, teach us to, to control the weather. We've seen you calm the storm. It'd be quite useful if we could control the weather. Anybody ever prayed about the weather? Mm. Yeah, one or two, one or two admitting it. Not sure if it's okay to pray for the weather. We'll come on to that a little bit later. But it'd be nice, wouldn't it, to be able to control the weather. And of course, Jesus uh, would seem to be able to stop the storms. Just like that. Wouldn't that be great? But they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to control the weather. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. They've seen Jesus do amazing miracles. 
Uh, even raising dead people. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to raise the dead back to life. That would be quite useful, wouldn't it, in, in some circumstances. But they didn't say that. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. So what is prayer? What, what is prayer? Does anybody know? Do we, do we actually really know? I mean, I've been a Christian 36 years. I've been a Christian 36 years. Do I really understand prayer? Probably not. Um, is my prayer life perfect? Probably not. Do I need still to be taught how to prepare? Definitely. So what is prayer? I want you to turn to the person next year and just in a, a word or a sentence, say what you think prayer is. Just come up with a word, a sentence, a phrase. What is prayer? Do we know? Just say very quickly amongst yourselves. There's no wrong answer because it's just what you think. And just shout out now, what, what do you think prayer is? Just just shout out a few words or phrases. What is prayer? Anybody? Communion with God. Okay. Communication. Anything else? Talking to God. Listening. Venting your frustrations. I like it, yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of praying like that. But my frustrations, amen to that, mate. Amen to that. Yeah? Okay. So we're getting all sorts of different ideas, aren't we? That's interesting, isn't it? All sorts of, of different ideas about what prayer is. Uh, Philip Yancey says prayer is keeping company with God. Which uh, we kind of, one or two people kind of sense that, didn't they? Uh, Mother Teresa, she knows something about prayer. She says prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God. I quite like that. Uh, prayer is putting oneself in the hands of God. The disciples request the perfecting of prayer. The disciples wanted to know, well, how, how do we pray? They'd seen Jesus pray, and they'd obviously noticed that, that probably, I'm guessing here, it doesn't say this, but I'm guessing that they're probably thinking as they watch Jesus pray, Jesus is a lot better at this than we are. I think they'd have been observing. And uh, we think that, don't we? Uh, not just about Jesus, we probably look at other people and we think, that person's so much better at praying than me. Uh, so I'll just keep quiet. I'll, I'll let them pray because they seem to be good at it. And I'll, I'm, I, I kind of stumble and fumble over my words and, and this person's really good. So let's leave the praying to those people that are, that are good at it. Uh, which isn't what the disciples did. They said, teach us to pray. They wanted to become perfect in prayer. Again, Philip Yance says, if prayer stands as a place where God and human beings meet, then I must learn about prayer. The only way we can communicate with God is through prayer. The only way we can really communicate with God is through our prayer life. Disciples request the perfecting of prayer. Where did we learn to pray? You know, when I became a Christian, uh, what did I say, 36 years ago, nobody says, right, Richard, what you need to do is you need to learn how to pray. So we're going to send you on this course now and teach you how to pray, because it's really important that you do that. Nobody did that. And uh, as a minister of a church, I'm ashamed to say, we probably still don't do it today, although we are providing this course for you. So in a sense, we are uh, doing that, but it may be a little bit late in the day for some of us. Uh, so where did we learn to pray? Well, again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of guessing, but I guess I learned to pray by listening to other people pray. Uh, and that can be a good thing, 
but it can also be perhaps not such a good thing, depending on who you listen to. And of course we pick up the idea that, uh, well, this person who's a really mature Christian and has been doing it a lot longer than me and seems quite good at it, if they pray like that, then perhaps that's how I should pray. So what we tend to do, and this is what human beings do in any way, isn't it, is we mimic one another. Uh, you know, uh, Peter said, how, how did you learn to spell? How did you learn to talk? Well, actually we do it by listening to other people and we repeat what we hear, don't we? Don't always repeat what you hear, folks. It can get you into a lot of trouble, but uh, that's another story altogether. But we, we learn from listening to other people. And we think, ah, this is how we pray. We've perhaps uh, ventured, uh, perhaps with some fear and trepidation, into a thing that the church has organised called a prayer meeting. Anybody ever been to a prayer meeting? A meeting solely for the purpose of prayer. Yeah, one or two people have been. Good. They can be quite scary places, can't they? Because the problem with going to a prayer meeting is somebody might actually expect you to say a prayer. You don't have to. You can just go along and and, and listen to other people pray and pray quietly. But there's a kind of expectation if you go to a prayer meeting, you might actually pray. And actually a good thing about going to a prayer meeting is you'll hear other people pray and you will learn. Uh, Because we learn to pray by praying. We learn to pray by praying. Uh, we learn to pray by by taking that step and actually having a go ourselves. We listen to other people, we see what the Bible says, and then we think, I'm going to have a go at this. And we pray, and we launch into a prayer. It's a funny thing, prayer, isn't it? Because sometimes, do you ever get a feeling that you're speaking to yourself? Do you ever wonder, is anybody listening? And if you don't speak out loud and you're doing your prayers inside your head, that's even weirder, isn't it, really? Because you're kind of talking and you're thinking... Can God hear this? Or do I have to speak it out loud for God to hear? It always makes me smile. Some people, uh, when they pray, they raise their voice as if they think that God might be a little bit deaf. And sometimes as they're praying, their voice gets louder and louder and louder. Can you hear me, God? And sometimes they even start kind of banging, don't they? And kind of really trying to get God's attention as if they thought perhaps God's sleeping. Disciples had that experience, didn't they, in the boat when Jesus was sleeping and they had to wake him up. And maybe we think sometimes that's how God is. So we learn to pray by praying. And, you know, this thing about prayer, are the things we shouldn't pray for? This came up, if you came, to, if you went to the study group this week, the prayer course, it came up in that where Pete Gregg talked about, you know, being asked, is it okay to pray for this? Is it okay to pray? Is it okay to pray about the weather? Is that something we should be praying about? Um, dear God, please make it snow tomorrow. Uh, we don't have to pray that really in in, uh, in Rosendale, do we? Because uh, it seems to happen quite a bit. Uh, lots of people, I guess, uh, pray that their numbers might come up on the lottery and uh, all their uh, problems will be solved in the winning tickets. Um, and then the one that Pete Gregg did refer to, of course, uh, car parking spaces. Come on, admit it. You've, you, you've prayed for a car parking space, haven't you? You sad people. No, 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 no. Pete Gregg said it was okay. It must be okay if Pete Gregg says it's okay. You'll have heard the story, won't you, of the, uh, of the policeman, uh, whose wife was getting a little bit concerned that he was putting on a little bit of weight. And she suggested that he needed to cut out his morning run to get the donuts. She said, you need to cut out donuts, love, because you're, you're putting on a bit of weight. When he came home that night, his wife said, did you go to the donut shop this morning? The husband said, well, I listened to what you said. 
So, but I thought, I'm going to pray about it. That seemed the right thing to do. So I prayed to God and I said, God, if you want me to have donuts this morning, let there be a car parking space right outside the bakery. He said, you wouldn't believe it. The 12th time I drove past, there was a space right outside. And what about football? Should we be praying for our, our football team to win? Um, I was really interested to, to, to read um, that in, uh, in, in Argentina there's a church called the Hand of God Church. Uh, and Tim Vickery, the, uh, the South American sports uh, correspondent, says this. He says, we're now in the year AD 43 after Diego Maradona. And there's a, an eccentric group of Argentinians who've set up a church in uh, memory of this famous occasion where he used his hand to score a goal against England. I think it was in 1986. It might have been earlier than that. And they've set up the first Maradonian church, a religion de- dedicated to the worship of Argentina's greatest ever footballer. And recently they celebrated uh, uh, Diego Maradona's 42nd birthday in the gathered in the Hand of God Chapel to pay due respects. Uh, the, the, the Bible is Maradona's autobiography. This is, I'm not making this up, by the way. This is, this is on the BBC Sports website, if you don't believe me. Uh, those who helped his career have been named the Apostles, and those who have hindered his career have been branded heretics. Their Christmas tree is decorated with images from, playing, from his playing days, and they've even given a list of Ten Commandments, including the demand to name your son Diego. There you go. <laughs> the Church of Maradona, the Hand of God Church. Uh, the disciples wanted to know, you know, how do you pray? What, what, what are we supposed to be praying for? What, what's it okay to pray for? What shouldn't we pray for? Uh, what should we be praying for? Uh, they wanted to know how to become perfect in prayer. And if the disciples needed to be taught how to pray, how much more do we need to be taught how to pray? The disciples that wandered around following Jesus, observing Jesus, learning from Jesus, asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. They wanted to know, how much more do you and I need to be taught how to pray? The disciples request the perfecting of prayer. And then finally, uh, Jesus' response. And this is, of course, about the pattern of prayer. Jesus responds by telling them, uh, answering their question on how to pray. He said to them, notice he said to them, uh, when you pray. Jesus presumes that his disciples will pray. He takes that as, 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 as read, that they will pray. When you pray. ASAP, always say a prayer. Always say a prayer. Make prayer part of your life so it's a natural response, not just to emergencies, but every situation. Get into the the habits, the routine of just praying. When you meet somebody, pray God's blessing on them. You don't have to do it out loud, that might be a little bit embarrassing. If you're in a supermarket and... uh, you know, the checkout girl says, I just want to pray for you. You don't mind, do you? Big queue behind you. I'm just going to pray for the checkout girl. That's okay, isn't it? You know, you don't need to do that. But you can just pray uh, quietly. God's blessing on people uh, that you meet. Always say a prayer. Jesus responds to the pattern of prayer. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father. 
Now, of course, we, we just take this for red, but in Jesus' time, uh, talking about God as, as Father would have been a new thing. It would have been a new thing, this idea that God related, that Jesus related to, to God as Father. And he even uses uh, that word Abba, which some people interpret as Papa. It's kind of a, a very uh, endearing name for Father. Father, prayer is about our relationship with God our Father. Prayer is about our relationship with God our Father. Philip Yancey says prayer includes moments of ecstasy and also dullness, mindless distraction and acute concentration, flashes of joy and bouts of irritation. In other words, prayer has features in common with all relationships that matter. Prayer is first and foremost about our relationship with Father and our understanding of God as Father will affect how we approach him. Our understanding of God as Father will, will affect how we approach him. If we see God as a, as a judge in the clouds who's just waiting for us to slip up and waiting to condemn us, that will affect how we approach. If we see him as a kind of a, a stern headmaster, anybody get that situation? Or is it just me where you got sent to the headmaster's office? Anybody experienced that when the, the teacher got so fed up with you and couldn't control you? They sent you to the headmaster's office and in my day that meant one thing. Uh, we didn't have the cane, I wasn't, I'm not that old, but he had a ruler. And uh, you held your hand out and you got sick. I mean, it's, they, they, they lock him up now, wouldn't they? You get locked up now. But you held your hand out and he seemed to really enjoy it. He got really worked up and he absolutely whacked you with his ruler. And, uh, you know, if, if you if you see God as a figure like that, uh, you're kind of going to be very fearful in the way that you approach him. You're not going to be thinking that, that God... And later on in this passage, Jesus talks about, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Which of your fathers, uh, if you ask for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If if you, though, though, in your evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit? You know, our Father in heaven is better than the best dad in the world. I realise that for some people, the image of, of father might not be a good image if you've not had a good father. Uh, but our father in heaven is the perfect father. And we are his children, that's a relationship. And how we relate to, to God as father will affect the way that we approach him. Uh, you know, prayer's a, a conversation. Uh, do you come to God and just kind of, uh, you know, relax in his presence and say, God, I've had a really hard day. Are you able to do that? Because you know that God is longing for you and just waiting for you to come to him. He's just longing for you to come into his presence. And prayer's supposed to be, and uh, Pete Gregg mentioned it in, in the study, and I wrote this down because I needed reminding this, and maybe your prayer's supposed to be enjoyable. Did you know that? It's not meant to be a chore. It's not meant to be something that you find really hard work. It's actually supposed to be something we enjoy. We do sometimes have a time of confession, don't we, in prayer? Can I confess that sometimes, you know, I feel that, you know, attendance at the prayer meeting or, or, or that the like is more of a chore than an endurance, more of an endurance than an enjoyment. We should enjoy prayer. It should be something that, that we enjoy doing, wants to. And, and for it to be enjoyable, uh, we need to be creative in, in the way that we do it. 
Because all of us will have had the experience when we've all had the idea of praying and before we know our minds have wandered off and we've stopped praying and we don't even realise we've stopped praying because we're doing something else or thinking about something else. Prayer is supposed to be something that we enjoy doing so much that we want to do it again and again and make it a regular occurrence. Jesus responds to the pattern of prayer. He said then when you pray say, Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. What does that mean? What does that mean? Let's face it, hallowed's not a, a word that we, we kind of uh, use very often these days. Uh, maybe it's more kind of associated with Halloween uh, is, is probably the only uh, way in which many people outside our, 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 the church walls will understand it. Hallowed is a, it's a kind of an old-fashioned word, isn't it? Um, but of course, hallowed is, is, is it's about adoration, isn't it? It's, it's about uh, recognising that God is holy. It's the starting point for prayer. If you notice the starting point in Jesus' prayer is not us but God. Our Father, hallowed be your name. The starting point for prayer is always our focus on God. So often our story, starting point of prayer is ourselves. Help! I need you, God. Uh, I've made a mess. I've done something wrong. Which is okay to pray like that uh, at times. But if that's our normal routine, it isn't great. Uh, the New Living Translation puts it like this. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. The Good News Translation says, Jesus said, when you pray, say this. Father, may your holy name be honoured. It's about honouring God's name in our lives. Hallowed be your name. And it's not a bad thing just to, to just for, uh, you know, the challenge, really, uh, for the first week of the prayer course was to take this prayer with you. Just hallowed be your name in this situation hallowed be your name in that situation just to pray that prayer wherever you go whatever you're doing just say hallowed be your name as I go to work as I'm driving the car as I'm chatting with these people hallowed be your name keeping God's name holy we can't keep God's name holy if we're living a life that is far from holy it'd be hypocritical to say hallowed be your name and then we go off and and live in a way that doesn't honour who God is. Hallowed be your name. There's a world of difference between saying the Lord's Prayer and praying the Lord's Prayer. The problem is, I'm, I'm not sure Jesus, when he gave this prayer, expected his church to repeat it parrot fashion week in and week out. I think it was a model for prayer. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I think it's a good prayer to pray and it's a good prayer to remind us of what prayer is about. But the problem with learning a prayer like that is you, you, if you know it off by heart, which is a good thing in one sense, but the bad thing is you can say it without thinking about what you're praying. You can just repeat it and uh, not really think about it. There is a world of difference between saying the Lord's Prayer and praying the Lord's Prayer. So that's our introduction to uh, the prayer course. Um, Jesus' routine, the place of prayer. We need to get into a routine. Prayer needs to be a routine. Uh, disciples request we need to be taught how to pray we need to be taught how to pray and Jesus response was to teach his disciples how to pray was to give them a pattern to follow a pattern that would help them and we're going to explore more of this pattern in the weeks to come but I'd like you to be involved I'd like you to be involved I'd love to hear stories of your experience in prayer If you've got a wonderful answer to prayer, it would be great to share with that. Equally, if you've struggled in prayer, 
it will be equally good to hear that because other people will be able to identify because they probably have struggled as well. So it would be lovely to hear uh, people's experiences of prayer, the good, the bad and the ugly. Do you know what I mean? Just to share them so people hear and we can learn from one another. It would be good if you've got questions that you would like answered during this short series about prayer. If you've got questions that you want us to include in trying to answer about prayer, you might have questions about, you know, why has God not answered this prayer but he's answered that prayer, whatever. Uh, again, feed those in to me. And if you've got a little testimony about prayer, let me know and we'll include that in uh, in one of the services during this course and of course, you know, the prayer course is happening every week. Do join up. It's not too late. Uh, groups would love to see you. There's a group meeting at church on Wednesday, but there's groups meeting in people's homes uh, during the course of the week. And if you want to uh, know which about these groups, have a word with myself or with Marilyn, and we'll point you to a group. So we've talked about prayer. I think it would probably be good if we did actually pray. And maybe it would be good if uh, if we opened it up and just gave people a chance uh, to pray, whether that be out loud, so we can all say amen, or whether it be quietness. If you've got things that you've come to church, things on your mind, people on your mind, places on your mind, let's just take this opportunity to pray together and to encourage one another in sharing our prayers. So if you feel you could lead us in a prayer, that would be great. Equally, don't feel any pressure. But let's just spend a short time in prayer before we close. Let's pray.